We're all in business for a reason. The problem that so many small business owners have is that they go in 10 million different directions, not really sure which way to go. Listen as your team of experts, Jennifer Glass, Daniel McCrane, and Patricia Rezzatillo, go through what you need in your business to really make it stand out and benefit you. Because it's the bottom line that matters. Hello and welcome to another amazing episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. On today's episode, we are going to be covering how your market-dominating position drives your business. Now, to refresh your memory from an earlier episode that we talked about what a market-dominating position is, it is the reason somebody is going to want to work with you. It is the reason that we are out marketing and having that unfair advantage to our competition. Now, I don't mean unfair in an illegal or unethical manner. I mean, we know something they don't. And don't be afraid to know something that your competition doesn't when you can take advantage of that to do better than your competition. But don't rub it in their nose. Share the wealth. Right? The more that they know, the better off you're ultimately going to be because as they chase you, you are going to be innovating even more to stay ahead of them. But let's talk about the market dominating position again, though, really quick. There's a difference between a unique selling proposition and a market dominating position. If you remember, a unique selling proposition is something that differentiates you from your competition. And it can be something like, I've been in business for five years. You've only been in business for four. I have the unique selling proposition strength. I have more time in business. I may be the only provider of this business within a certain radius of where my customers are. I may have a definitive USP, unique selling proposition, because I have intellectual property that is protected by trademark, copyright, patent, something along those lines. But it doesn't mean that somebody else can't come along and beat me. Kodak was put out of business basically by the digital camera. Blockbuster was put out of business by Netflix. Taxis and black car services were put out of business for the most part by Uber and Lyft. We've all seen these changes happening over time. Amazon got into the prescription business because the through the pill pack, not because they wanted to be pharmacy, but it's another touch that they have with their consumers. And it's another opportunity that they are going to be revolutionizing the pharmaceutical business too. So what is it that's going to separate you? Your market dominating position. Now, Patricia, let me ask you, as you're looking at your market dominating position and how you help businesses get properly structured so they can put thousands and thousands back into their bottom line. I mean, that's a great market dominating position because most people have absolutely no clue about the way that that even works, let alone, wait a second, I can use the legal structure to do that? Hmm. (laughs) 
By the way, reach out to Patricia Rezzatello at patriciarezzatello.com, P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A-R-E-S-Z-E-T-Y-L-O.com, where you can find more information on how you can properly structure your business and get even more money back into your pocket. But let me ask you, Patricia, as you are going through this and as you are working with your clients, what kind of guidance do you offer them? How do you show them your market dominating position that helps drive your business to help drive their business as well? Well, if we're talking about their market dominating position, um, yeah, I'll go back to the legal structure for a moment. I mean, having more money in your business without having more work or more clients or whatever you call the people that are buying from you, that's a really cool thing. You know, I mean, you can make more money without charging them more or without having more people in it. That is really awesome. That means you can do, I mean, you can do a lot of different things. You can go and buy a, you know, a bigger house. You can put your kids through college with less worry. You can, you know, take that vacation <laughs> there more often. There was a client that had to make a $100,000 investment on equipment because their accountant told them, you are going to have a huge tax liability. So they purchased a $100,000 piece of equipment because they all of a sudden realized this is a major way that I can cut my taxes. Even better way when you properly see what you're doing and you can outmarket and beat your competition, how you can grow your business. So I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just thought that would be an excellent opportunity to show exactly what we're talking about. That's one thing a person can do to offset a tax liability. And it may be a wise decision and it may be a not wise decision. I don't know. I didn't know their, their circumstances and I don't know, you know anything about them, but it is something that accountants sometimes suggest a client do. Uh, but then we can also take that investment and run it through, oh dear, the term just fell out of my head. Um, basically advanced depreciation uh, strategies. And there might be some tax credits that they can get for that. And- The amortization of the item. It, yeah, it, it, it can be accelerated if you, if there are certain circumstances around it. So, yeah, I mean, that's even more tax savings. You know, and, it, and it, when you have your legal structure set up right, well, then there's even more tax savings. So <laughs> a lot yeah, of accountants know. don't even know this stuff. I mean, you would think they would know it, but I, I don't know why they don't advise more people to do it. A lot of accountants have, be, have become comfortable in what they do. And a lot of accountants, when they go to their continuing education programs, are learning different things about being accountants, but they're not yeah. necessarily learning how to better market and how to better do what they're doing. Right. So that is possibly one of the issues. So <laughs> Daniel, let me look at you. And your clients, your business, how would you be guiding them 
to help them see how their market dominant position can make a difference in their business. The way that I approach market dominating position really is kind of backwards for a lot of small business owners who are trying to design how their business operates. What I try to work with them on is let's take your unique selling proposition, match it up against what those emotional hot buttons are that your potential clients or that cause your potential clients to buy from you. So that's how we arrive at their market dominating position. And then we say, <clears throat> how can we innovate on this? Can we provide this product or this service better than your competition does? Uh, can we make it more, can we make it more special? Um, I mean, just on and on and on. And so then from there, then we start to look at now what's the best way to deliver this product or service and those questions about the delivery of the product or service lead to how is their business structured? So it causes them to think differently about how do I arrange my storefront when someone walks in? Because now we're talking about a different delivery method of their, uh, maybe their retail store. Uh, maybe it's their office uh, as the, uh, the client is walking in. About, um, does it have to be in the store? Uh, does it mean that um, to be different, you're going to have a delivery? Uh, you're actually going to be out and delivering. So for innovation in their industry, no one's doing it this way. And sometimes that just means packaging. Uh, take a look at your product that you're offering or take a look at your service. You can even have uh, packages in your service and let's borrow something from uh, from some of the high-end retailers. I mean, when was the last time you opened just a standard run-of-the-mill off-the-shelf package from Apple? I mean, wow, even just off of the shelf from Apple, that packaging is stunning. It grabs your attention and says to you, you have just bought something of high value from a highly valued brand. So how can you borrow that into your industry and create that kind of a wow factor when someone open, opens your product or when they're doing business with you, if you're in a service industry, when they open your, so to speak, package, how can they just be wowed to the point that they realize they are dealing with someone who's of very high value. And so we almost turn the whole business structure on its head by saying, okay, no, let's look really at what are the reasons people buy from you? How can you meet that better? Now, how can you design your business to support that delivery method? Instead of saying, oh, here's my business and I want it to make this, and then you kind of hope that that comes out to your perspective. It's like the experiential uh, wave that's sweeping across business right now. It's like you said, I know I opened up my iPhone case and like you said, it's that really sturdy box and everything in there exactly how it is. It's a lot different than if you just open up, you know, one of those old flip phone things that it was the flimsy clamshell packaging that 
ooh, wow, I really am getting something so super special. There's a big difference. And again, it's from brands that know how to make an experience that are going to make that difference. If you look at Amazon box, if we talk about that, every Amazon box has that smile on it, right? Mm -hmm. Because they want you to be happy when you get a package. Now, granted the last several months, a lot of us have been getting a ton of packages because we're just not going anywhere. So we're buying everything online and getting those packages shipped to us. But it's still, every time you get an Amazon delivery, you smile a little bit because it's smiling at you. And when someone smiles at you, even an inanimate object like a box, <laughs> you naturally smile back. It's just one of those quirks of human nature. And I'm not complaining. I like smiling. It makes me feel better than... As I say, turn that frown upside down. So there's a lot of things that we can do that can really make us um, better. But when we're looking at that market dominating position and how that drives your business, one of the really big things you want to think about is how can I avoid someone upending my business because they have a better market dominating position than I do? right? You can't have someone have a market dominating position and someone have a better one because you lose your market dominating position as soon as someone else has a better one than you. So this again goes back to the idea of innovate, right? Uh, if I remember correctly, we spoke in the past about the blockbuster CEO who did not want to work with the Netflix uh, person who came and said, here's a really great idea. Let's allow people to get their DVDs by mail instead of coming into the store. Think about that. No, it's not worth it. We want people coming into the store because we know once they're in the store, they may want to buy more things, right? A lot of retailers are still saying in-store purchase only because they are doing it as a loss leader to get you in. Think about the back to school supplies the big box office supply stores are saying, get these pencils, right? 12 pencils for dime, which is ridiculously under their cost. But the idea is to get you into the stores so that you hopefully buy more. But think about it from a different perspective. If they offered you the ability to still get everything delivered to you, but in order to get it, you had to buy something that wasn't just on the school supply list, you're still doing the exact same thing. You're going into the store, you're buying something else. And if you have that minimum purchase, who cares about that 10 cent pencils, right? If I have to spend $50 to get the 10 cent pencils, gosh darn it, I'm gonna spend the $50 because I want those 10 cent pencils. But we forget about that. We want everybody to come in and we want them to experience what we're doing. We're the blockbuster CEO who's telling the Netflix guy, yeah, people are still going to be coming in on a Saturday night to rent a video. We're not going to be changing. So sometimes we have to be knocked upside the head. We have to be completely turned around to realize we need to do something different from what we're doing. We have to innovate. 
Look at what Southwest Airlines did when they first came out. Southwest Airlines said, we're not going to be charging baggage fees. We're not going to be charging ticket change fees. We're not going to be changing a whole bunch of the other fees that the other airlines do. They also have a lottery that 24 hours before your flight, you check in and that's where you sit. You're not necessarily reserving the seat. They also made it, we're gonna make our flights cheaper because we're not gonna necessarily have direct flights, but we're gonna connect through major hubs because most people are going to those major hubs, right? Mm -hmm. Newark to Chicago, as an example. I can't go from Newark to Las Vegas on Southwest, but I can go Newark to Midway in Chicago out to McCarran in Las Vegas, where I happen to be way too often, by the way, speaking, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> but it's all about the what it is that we're doing in terms of how we do that. It yeah. was the idea, their, how their do I make members, it? Their team members make it entertaining. They make it fun as well. So this is, yeah, everything you're saying is all part of West market dominating position. And it has led to how they have structured their business, how they've structured the delivery of their service. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Sorry, and I get the, excited by that too, Jennifer. <laughs> right. And, and unlike the other airlines, they don't offer what they're consider what they consider frills. When the airline's ready to board, they say, all right, everybody get on the plane. They don't say this seating first, you know, first class first, and then, you know, the economy guys and then the whatever. No, it's just, okay, guys, let's go. <laughs> Cattle call. <laughs> However, I have to say they have much better seats than some other airlines, which will not be named for uh, <laughs> very obvious reasons. Um, but for those of you that have flown some of those airlines, you know exactly what I am talking about. And I have a uh, colleague of mine in one of my masterminds who for some reason loves flying this airline. And keeps complaining every time he gets in. Oh, what a terrible flight. His back is killing him, whatever it is. Well, it's one of the direct flights for us. And I will go with one of the other direct companies because I cannot fly this one. But whole other story. Again, it's the market dominating position. If you're looking for the absolute no frills, no whatever, you're going to go with this company. How many cereal boxes do you see on the store shelves that are the no frills cereals? And how many are the ones that have the really cool design on them that your kids just naturally gravitate to? Because I want this one because it's got a funny, cute character. I don't want this one, it's too plain. Market dominating position. They catch the eye of the kid. There's a reason those boxes are put in a very specific place on the store shelves too. It's all part of the psychology behind it. Your kid is at a certain point in the shopping cart. Their eye level is directly here. <laughs> Mommy or daddy are pushing them in the cart and they see this and they say, that, that. <laughs> And the mommy or daddy has to buy it because the kid is going to throw a temper tantrum otherwise. <laughs> Market dominating position. 
you're not going to buy the brand cereal if your kids want the sugary cereal with the funny character on it. I mean, let's be real. Maybe mommy or daddy's cereal is going to be the brand cereal, but that's not going to be theirs. <laughs> so as you're thinking about your business, as you're thinking about what it is that you are doing, keep in mind, what are those quirks that can come into play also that can help you find your market dominating position? What are the really funny things that you can use to get out there? We just mentioned, put your cereal box right where the kid is in the shopping cart. That's a really interesting quirk if you think about it. Let's go find exactly where the kid is going to be. And that's where we're going to pay the stocking fees to have our stuff put uh, placed. Yeah, a they lot pay of extra for that. all about the experience. It's all, we're going to make our product. Yeah, it's only two grams of sugar, 14 grams of fiber. You know what? I don't know if I want 14 grams of fiber with only two grams of sugar. I know it's healthier. Trust me, it's probably much better for me. But gosh darn, 14 grams of fiber, two grams of sugar is not going to work for me. Think about that though for a second. Even in the health and wellness side, how many companies are going out there and saying, we're using fewer chemicals than everybody else, right? You're seeing now no um, phthalates, no sulfates, no parabens, no dyes, no whatever, because they know people are trying to avoid that. The organic industry came from the hippies in the 1960s, and now it's gaining huge momentum where people who are nowhere close to identifying as hippies are looking at organic. The non-GMO. I know when I started working with my nutritionist, all of a sudden I started looking for that non-GMO seal. And if I didn't see it, I was looking, does it have soy, corn, all of that stuff to know whether or not that's potentially an issue for me. When you start thinking about the average woman eating eight pounds of lipstick in her lifetime and the heavy metals that are in it, you start thinking about what am I putting on my skin? So there's all of the issues that come into play as we're thinking what is it that we need to be dealing with to make that market dominating position different? <clears throat> Companies that grew out of, we're not going to use all of these chemicals, had that market dominating position where for years, companies like Revlon, L'Oreal, CoverGirl, Neutrogena, Physicians Formula, Elf, you name it, everyone was throwing the same stuff out there. But until it got bigger, we don't want this. Now there's companies that are doing that innovation. If you're not innovating, somebody else is, right? We know somebody wants to eat our lunch and take it away from us. We know there is no such thing as a free lunch. So why do we keep expecting that everybody is going to keep coming back to us? We have to pay attention to what we're doing. So let me throw it out to you guys as we're wrapping up this episode. Patricia, what would you say as we are looking at helping make sure that our listeners are getting the most benefit here? 
what kind of advice would you give them? Well, I've, I've looked at so many little businesses that have something really special that they're doing and they're not communicating it. So if you're doing something special, please communicate it to your customers. <laughs> not just to your customers, but tell everybody. Right, right. Well, whomever, right. It has to be conveyed. Right. Let us know. And by the way, if you are doing something, let us know in the comments. Leave us a review. Leave us, you know, feedback. Tell us what you're doing. Let us see where you are so we know how we can help you. Daniel. Oh, my Steve. turn. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess uh, my, my summary comments from this conversation would be uh, take everything that uh, Jennifer just said about what makes up your marketing market domination. Uh, she just threw out a ton of ideas there. So uh, if you don't grab those ideas, like a dominating position from Jennifer and apply to business, then uh, I don't know. I'll drop it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but uh, steal some of those ideas that Jennifer just threw out. Some amazing ideas. And then I would say, add, to add on to that, let your business be the delivery system of your market dominating position. So your business is a business. Uh, your business is not just to um, have a transaction. It's not even just to build a, a relationship with the customer, uh, but to design your business, to specifically design your business and be intentional about it. Let your market dominating position drive the design of your business. Your business is the delivery system of your market dominating position. So there's my, my summary of today's conversation and that is an excellent uh, summarization and definitely steal some of the things I threw out think about how you can run your business how you can grow your business how you can keep your business in as thriving a manner as possible whether it's an up or down or stagnant economic cycle you want to make sure that everything is going to be working for you, not against you. Remember to innovate. Remember to watch what your competition is doing. Figure out where they are, what they're doing, and how you can do it better. As Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary on um, ABC Shark Tank says, you need to build a better mousetrap. If you can figure out what that better mousetrap is, you're going to be in a better position to have that market dominating position because you know how to beat whatever is out there. A lot of products are designed because people see this isn't there. We know companies like Google are constantly file pat filing patent applications because their people are thinking of new ideas that can possibly be used. Think about that. A company like Google, which started as a search engine, is involved in the R&D, research and development, to constantly be innovating. If you're not, why aren't you? Search engines, drone technology, nothing to do with each other. 
But Google is smart enough to know we need to do this for the future of the business just in case somebody comes along and does a better mousetrap than Google. And we all know we go to Google to do our searching, right? One of the biggest things out there. But what we need to do is we need to just remember, what can we do to help our business? What can we do to make sure we stick around? And as Daniel said, when you let your market dominating position drive your business, you are going to succeed. So here's to your success. And until next time, this has been another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters. Thanks so much for listening to another amazing episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. We're all about helping the small business community grow and reaching as many people as we can. And the algorithms on the podcast programs love reviews. So if you loved what you just heard, consider leaving us a review. And even if you don't, I'm sure you already did, but consider sharing our episodes and our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Sharing is caring and here's to your success. Thanks so much and have a wonderful day. It's the bottom line that matters.